Google to these uh, two panel events on the topic of robots and artificial intelligence, the next frontier for employment and new economic policy. I'm uh, Paola Maniga and uh, I'm uh, Head of Development at Bruegel. Um, uh, I'm very delighted to chair this first uh, session uh, where we will try to give uh, some answer to a very uh, controversial and topical issue, which is what will be the impact of industrial robots uh, on, the, uh, on the employment and wages in Europe. So I'm joined today uh, by four great uh, speakers. So, starting from uh, Georgios, Georgios Petropoulos is a research fellow at Bruegel and uh, his uh, research has focused a lot on the topic of the impact of a digital economy, uh, artificial intelligence and big data on the economy. And today he will present, uh, his, he will launch his paper, uh, speci which is specific on this topic on uh, the impact of robots on employment and wages in Europe. Uh, I think you have found some copies outside, however, uh, we will publish uh, the publication uh, this afternoon on the website. So, welcome. Then we, have, uh, we will have uh, three commentators. Uh, on my right, uh, Julia Bock-Schappelwein. <laughs> welcome. Julia is senior researcher at the Austrian Institute of Economic Research. And uh, you have worked a lot on uh, topics related to digitalization, danger, uh, gender, sorry, and labor markets. Um, on my left, uh, Anna Biovskaya, <laughs> Senior Policy Advisor to the Trade uh, Union Advisory Committee to the OECD, uh, where you cover topics related to innovation, technology policy, the digital economy and the future of work. And then uh, on my far left, Lucas Temiziotis, Head of Unit in DG Employment for the uh, Directorate General Employment, Social Affairs and Inclusion. Welcome. Um, so, uh, well, there is no uh, need to, to introduce this topic. There is certainly no consensus uh, at all on whether robots will have a positive or negative uh, effect on employment and wages uh, globally and in Europe. Uh, let me just mention that I've recently attended the Web Summit in Lisbon, uh, one of the great, uh, biggest uh, tech conferences in Europe. And at some point I was, uh, uh, together with other 60,000 people, I was in front of a, of a, of a stage where two uh, humanoids, robots, literally took off the stage. And uh, uh, in front of a crowd, let's say, half amazed, half terrified, one of them, Sophia, Sophia, together with Einstein, said, we robots have no desire to destroy things, but we'll take away your jobs. And we, it will be a good thing, because working is a drug anyway. So <laughs> I think I'll stop here, because we really look forward to hear what uh, uh, Georgos has to say on the impact of robots on uh, and wages and em employment in Europe. You will have uh, 20 minutes to present uh, your paper. And then uh, each of the, uh, of the other speakers will have uh, 10 minutes uh, to, to comment. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Thank you very much, Paula. Uh, I prefer to stand if you don't mind. So uh, this is a co-authored world with uh, uh, Francesco Chiacco and uh, David uh, Pitzler, who are quite shy, so they are uh, sitting in the back. Uh, and um, um, the starting point is um, uh, some literature that uh, has pointed out to, to the threat of uh, technological unemployment. The, the threat of technological unemployment was firstly postulated by Keynes, so it dates quite back. 
Um, so uh, production processes have become increasingly automated, uh, and the risk, uh, the fear, is that um, uh, uh, workers will be replaced uh, by machines as the robot at uh, that event that Paula mentioned uh, claimed. Um, so, uh, the question that we have uh, in our mind is how we can uh, estimate the impact of, of automation. And in the past years, recent past years, we have seen the emergence of one branch of literature that uh, answers the question how feasible it is to automate existing jobs given current or uh, presumed uh, technological advances. Um, the widely quoted uh, paper by Frey uh, and Osborne predicted 47% of US workers that are at risk because of automation. Then uh, we have uh, the European analog by Bowles, uh, published here at Bruegel, that uh, using the same uh, methodology finds that 54% of European jobs are at risk. We have uh, some uh, uh, study by McKinsey that uh, it is more or less at um, the same level. Um, uh, and uh, in fact, uh, it can be the case that uh, uh, if uh, technology advances even in a higher rate than today, that number is even higher. However, uh, we, um, the arts uh, Gregory Zierhan from Aheim point out that, um, you know, we need to look at specific tasks and we need to uh, see what happened under specific tasks to be automated. And in fact, uh, in the within the same occupations, uh, many workers can specialize in tasks that cannot be automated, uh, automated easily. And uh, following this approach, they find that the effect is only 9% uh, that, uh, of jobs that they are at risk. However, this branch of literature focusing on the displacement effect. Uh, what we expect and what happened in, in the, even in the past is that um, uh, new machines, uh, AI, uh, uh, new systems, new technologies brought also productivity gains. And um, uh, in theory, that is illustrated by uh, the a new uh, paper by Etemov and Restrepo that it is forthcoming in American Economic Review, which basically uh, um, predicts two effects of automation. The one is the displacement effect. Robots will steal the job of people. But there is also the productivity effect. Um, since uh, these uh, uh, new automated technologies will bring uh, some efficiencies, uh, that can lead uh, to productivity gains that will uh, expand, increase the demand for labor, uh, and uh, so that uh, uh, people will work with uh, these automated systems uh, in a good way and we can have a positive impact of technological progress. And this productivity gains is not captured by the first branch of literature I mentioned in the previous slide. And uh, this is not something new. For example, the introduction of automobiles made uh, horse-related jobs to vanish. If we had run uh, this uh, risk uh, of replacement back then, uh, before the introduction of automobiles, we would have captured uh, probably the negative impact will be will have to job-related uh, to horse-related jobs. But what about the productivity gains it introduced? We had new industries, new opportunities for employment, not only in the automobile sector, but also in uh, sectors related to that. Construction of roads, um, uh, new shops in. Uh, 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 shops, um, malls, uh, during uh, uh, in the big roads between uh, two different cities. So the uh, the the uh, the out the outcome of automation can be either positive or negative. So what we do here is uh, 
we move uh, away uh, from this uh, feasibility test. What is it? It is possible to be automated. Uh, it's at risk. Uh, and uh, we uh, follow the approach by Chemol and Restrepo, uh, the general equilibrium approach that also controls uh, for uh, the behavior of firms, how firms will react on automation, whether they will invest in automation, whether they will accept these technologies, uh, what will be the market outputs. So HMOBLO uh, and RESTREPO develop a theoretical model on that, and then they test it, test it empirically. And we focus on the empirical exercise. HMOBLO and RESTREPO AR hereafter focuses on US. We follow a similar methodology with the data available in Europe for European markets. And we focus in six countries, uh, Finland, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and Sweden, that um, uh, basically represent the, uh, more than 85.5% of Europe's robot market. And we estimate the impact of um, the introduction of robots between 95 and 2007 on employment and wages. Uh, another element of the study is that focuses a local market approach. In our case, then we have 116 regions in these countries, and in this way, can exploit the heterogeneity uh, of uh, local labor uh, di distributions, but also the counter changes in the use of robot, and also it can better control for uh, demographic compositional effects and derive some predictions for different demographic groups and the impact that uh, robots have. So the question that uh, we ask is whether the displacement or the productivity effects uh, dominates. And what we find is that uh, the displacement effect dominates. One additional robot per thousand workers reduces the employment rate by 0 0.16, 0 0.20% points. However, uh, the impact is less severe than uh, the uh, finding of the American uh, study. It's almost a half. Uh, we find that young and middle-educated people are mostly affected. Uh, and um, uh, we find also that uh, if we consider ICT as an alternative uh, measure to capture automated technologies, then the, the impact of ICT on employment is positive. And that uh, probably suggests that uh, we need not only to look uh, at um, one automated technology like robots, but we need to dig deeper on the different categories of automated technologies in order to be able to estimate the overall impact that automation can have on employment. We don't find a significant uh, impact on the robots uh, on wages, uh, and this result is something that motivates us to do further research on this. So uh, let's start with the definition of uh, industrial robots. So it is uh, basically there are three characteristics of these robots that they are introduced in industries. Uh, the first one is that um, uh, they are automatically controlled. They, they, it is not necessary to have a human operator. The second it is that uh, they can be reprogrammed. And the third is that can perform multiple uh, tasks. For example, in industries, we have uh, uh, such um, uh, robots uh, introduced for packaging uh, services, for yielding, and uh, different uh, uh, such activities. And of course, as I said, there are other, it's just one automated technology, there are others that they are not included in this definition. However, uh, it is uh, an automated technology that we have access. Uh, uh, to data internationally, so that can facilitate uh, uh, 
comparison between different regions, and uh, it, is, uh, um, it is something that we haven't seen being studied so much in Europe. There is uh, one study that focuses only in Germany. We try to extend the application of industrial robots as an automated technology following the AR approach for more countries in Europe to get a broader perspective of what is the impact on the uh, European market. So, uh, and if we see uh, the data in robots, um, we see that uh, Europe is a front, uh, front runner. Um, uh, this uh, graph depicts uh, the robot density, robots per thousand of workers at different parts of the world. And what we see uh, is that Europe is constantly uh, the front runner here. However, in the latest years, we see that the Chinese uh, exposure to robots uh, increases in a high rate and uh, basically drives all the Asian markets in the trends of how many industrial robots are introduced. Um, we don't have um, micro data on demand supply factors on robots. What we have is some average um, uh, indices on quality and prices. And uh, what we see uh, is that um, um, uh, if we consider as a point of reference uh, the year uh, 1990, we see that uh, prices of uh, uh, robots that introduced in industries have fallen considerably. Um, if uh, we don't take into account the quality effects, the price uh, between 2007 and 90 fall by uh, more than 50%. Um, uh, at the same time, uh, quality has increased. So today, the robots uh, uh, in um, uh, it's approaching three times the quality they had in 1990. And how it is defined uh, quality is a robot production cost market. Uh, we don't have data beyond 2007, so unfortunately, so this is the latest available information and can have that. But the main, uh, let's say, conclusion is that robots become more capable and become cheaper. So it can be easier to be considered as a threat for employment. Um, and uh, the main measure, uh, we follow a regional approach, as I said, and what we do is we define uh, uh, the, we study the impact of employment and uh, of robots on uh, employment and wages at the regional level by defining um, a, a robot exposure index uh, and the change of this index between 2007 and 95. Uh, I'm not going to stay in the details because of limited time. Paper will be out soon. Uh, please go through it. Uh, it's a similar approach like in the AR paper. Um, and the specification we run is we, it's in a regional uh, level, at each re region R, uh, using demographic group G, and we have three dimensions of demographic groups. It's uh, the gender, it is the age, and um, it is also the level of education. Uh, and what do we uh, do is we try to estimate the impact in the change of the exposure of robots in a particular region between 2007 and 95 on the change of the employment rate, which is defined as employment divided by working uh, population or uh, total population. We use different measures. Um, and uh, then we see uh, what, uh, what is this impact. So we estimate this impact. And similar approach we follow for wages. And to be consistent with other studies 
and the main findings uh, they derive, we, um, we introduce uh, a, a group of controls that are related to uh, measures that uh, could have an impact and probably affect the impact of robots. Exposure to Chinese and US imports, uh, share of manufacturing exposure, uh, extent of routine jobs uh, in the region of soaring ICT capital that we will discuss uh, analytically uh, if we have time and uh, a dummy for the countries that they are north in ensemble and the south. Um, data comes from uh, the European Union Labor for Survey on employment uh, and on wages from the European Community House Household Panel and the European Union Statistics. And uh, for uh, industrial robots, as you may have seen uh, in the source of the graphs, we use the International Federation of Robotics dataset, which is uh, the available dataset, the point of reference to study the impact of robots. Um, of course, um, there may be potential issues of endogeneity here, in the sense that we try to estimate the impact of robots on employment, but there may be um, some unobserved trends that might affect both uh, variables and therefore uh, does not allow us to estimate it in a robust way or changes um, or the possibility that changes on employment and wages uh, uh, has an impact to robots, re reverse casualty. So what we do is we introduce some instrumental variables that in our regression seem to work really well um, and uh, uh, basically we capture the trend in sector ad adoption of robots in similar advanced economies that there is data available for this uh, time uh, of, the, of the interest in our study and the best candidates in our sample was United Kingdom and Denmark. However, we use also some employment contracts which basically is a proxy of the rigidity of the labor contract which could have an impact uh, which could define to what extent we could have this reverse casualty effect takes place. And we use the um, employment protection legislation, um, uh, which is collected from OECD database, uh, either the 99 level, which is before uh, we study estimating the impact, uh, or uh, the change between 85-2007 in order also to account the, change in, uh, the changes in labor policies over this period. So what we uh, find is uh, uh, a consistent uh, negative and statistically significant impact of exposure of robots on employment rate. We focus for endogeneity reasons in, the, uh, in um, reporting the results on the, the two uh, IV uh, approaches we follow, which is different combination of the two instruments, the EPL, the labor protection contracts, and uh, the exposure of robots in UK and Denmark, and we find a negative significant impact, which is uh, almost half of the impact in US uh, that found by AR study. Uh, and in fact, what we do is we used ICT capital as a control. In an analogous way, we define uh, uh, the ICT capital exposure in a regional level. And basically, we rerun uh, the specification by having a second uh, uh, point of it is uh, or a second variable of interest, um, and uh, either including the robots or not, we, we get a persistent positive effect of uh, ICT capital on um, employment rate, which suggests 
that there are, there, it is not only robots, there are also some other technologies there that can have a positive impact and contribute to the productivity effect. Um, if we go to specific groups, uh, the results by age show that um, uh, the, this bars is the confidence interval, 90%, uh, and we, see, we find a significant impact on uh, negative impact on uh, uh, people uh, aged between 15 and 24. So young people that they are uh, ready to enter the labor force are mostly affected by the introduction of robots. Um, on the education uh, group, uh, uh, we see that the middle-educated people uh, in our uh, sample, middle-educated uh, person means uh, someone that had finished uh, um, a high school, uh, and it is between a high school level and a university degree, uh, has a, a modest uh, but negative significant impact. And uh, men are more affected uh, than women. That probably has to do also the distribution uh, of the jobs that uh, uh, men are doing and the qualitative differences on the jobs that uh, uh, women uh, are exposed to. Um, here we see, uh, we go to a sectoral approach, and what we see is that, uh, uh, what we estimate here is uh, what uh, about the, what is the impact of industrial robots that they have been introduced in mining, manufacturing, and utilities. Uh, and this is a total economy, uh, which is basically the regression I, uh, I uh, showed you to you before. And we see that, in fact, the significant negative impact comes exactly from these robots that uh, uh, belong to these uh, sectors. This should not be a surprise. As in our data set, the 99% of robots have been introduced to the manufacturing sector. Uh, however, moving uh, away to other sectors, we don't find significant impact in the most of them. We only found significant, modest, negative impact in wholesale and retail. Um, but there is also another interesting decomposition here. Uh, to try to look at different occupations and they, uh, they have been, uh, how they have been affected by the introduction of robots. Uh, and here we see that um, um, while we have um, uh, the biggest uh, negative effect comes for plant and machine operators and assemblers, which is something we expect. We see that there is a big positive impact on technicians and associate uh, professionals. So probably this uh, could be a way uh, to explain our uh, mo more modest uh, 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 effect than the AR study. So there is some productivity gains in some uh, in this particular area of occupations, uh, but uh, the negative effect is more prevalent. Interestingly, we find a significant negative uh, effect also for legislators, senior officials, and managers that someone could expect for this particular uh, time uh, span will not be the case. Moving on wages, as I said, we don't have a significant result. We couldn't find. This is something uh, we want to explore further. Um, so this is the estimation process. The picture of this non-robust uh, significant impact is quite different by looking only in the correlations where we see that uh, we have a negative correlation between the change in exposure of robots between 95 and 2007 and change in employment rate for the same period. And uh, the correlation is uh, more negative in the case of the total economy than in the case of the industry. So uh, the manufacturing, mining, and uh, utilities, despite the fact that introduce, uh, have introduced a lot of robots, the, the correlation in wages 
uh, is not so steep as for the total economy. Oh, however, this is just correlations. We don't, it is not an estimated impact that could allow us uh, to be more confident about uh, the estimated result and which of the two effects dominate. Um, concluding, uh, I have already discussed this a little bit. So the question is, what is the reason of uh, uh, the difference with AR, it is labor market policies, is welfare system. I discussed with, with one of the panelists before we start, and uh, she was more skeptical about this, so happy to have her thoughts on, on board. Um, the impact of robots and ICT is something that we, wa we want to explore and uh, uh, further and see whether we can uh, have a clearer and deeper understanding on the what automated technologies can have a positive or negative impact. Um, there is a German study, as I said, it's, uh, to, uh, to our knowledge, it's the only study that focuses on a European member state. And in this study, we don't have a significant impact of um, uh, robots on employment. And the argument is that uh, uh, manufacturing, uh, uh, um, ha uh, there is a negative impact of manufacturing jobs. But there is a spillover effect. Uh, people move to other sectors than manufacturing. We didn't report, uh, we couldn't find uh, this uh, spillover effect here. Probably that explains why our result in these six countries sample is negative, while they have a neutral impact in the result. And uh, I guess the next step is we have stopped in 2007. Since 2007, uh, a lot of things happened. We stopped because we had some difficulty with data that we try uh, to uh, solve. Uh, but uh, the next natural step for us is to move to 2015 and see uh, to what extent results remain or change. Thank you very much. So thank, thank you very much, Georgios, for this uh, very interesting uh, presentation. So uh, basically, to sum up your funding, uh, uh, your analysis point out to a significant uh, um, displacement effect of robots on employment in uh, six countries in Europe. The advanced country, which represents, if I remember correctly, about 84% of the concentration of robots uh, in the EU, with a, a, strong, a, a stronger effect on young people and uh, middle education uh, uh, people. Uh, but also with effect on uh, several occupations, including, uh, careful here, legislators, senior officials and managers. So, uh, at, the, at the same time, uh, you don't find, your analysis doesn't find a uh, uh, strong impact of uh, robots on wages. Uh, but, of course, further analysis is uh, necessary. So, um, I start with uh, Julia. It would be great if you give us uh, some comments to uh, Georgios' paper. Maybe um, you can also let us know how your research coincides or not coincides with uh, Georgios' results. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, thank you very much for the, uh, for the invitation to this event. Um, I would like to refer my comments to the results, to the numbers you presented, that uh, one additional robot uh, per thousand workers reduces employment rate by 0.16 to 0.2 percentage points. At the first glance, I was a little bit surprised by the findings compared to um, the findings from Atimokla and Restrepo, they have similar um, lower bounds, one, uh, 0.16 to 0.118. And 
I would like to explain why I was surprised and I would like to give you some examples. The first example is that um, you have comp uh, GDP growth rates are comparably uh, very higher uh, in the US than in Germany, France or Italy in this uh, time period, 1995 to 2007. Additionally, uh, keep in mind that in the late 1990s and until the early 2000s, Germany was often called uh, the sick man of Europe. It was, um, um, Germany has a uh, recession in uh, 2003, unemployment rate was rising from about 9% to 11% in the mid-2000s. Uh, so, there are, on the, first of all, you have differences in the GDP. Second, you also have um, higher uh, robot penetration in the, uh, in the EU than in the US. You have, thirdly, you have differences in the employment rates, um, that is, the um, employment population race, uh, ratios for, um, based on the population 15 plus. You have um, higher employment rates um, of this population age group 15 plus in the US than uh, in the European countries for the whole period 1995 to 2007. You have, on the other hand, you have increasing employment rates in the EU countries. On, and on the other hand, whereas the, um, the employment rate in the US was stagnated uh, in this period. So there you also have, on one hand side, you have difference in GDP growth, you have uh, differences in employment um, rate and in the structure and in the growth rates. You have um, focusing on employment, you have higher employment growth um, rates in the US than in Sweden, Italy and Germany in this time period. Second point, a uh, third point is you have differences in GDP, you have different employment rates, you have differences in employment growth. And fourth, you also have differences in the manufacturing employment. That is uh, that the employment shares in manufacturing are comparably higher in the, in the EU countries than in the US. And you have somewhat higher employment losses in manufacturing in the US than in Germany for the, in this time period based on ILO um, data. So you have a lot of um, differences um, that doesn't fit in this picture, but um, at a second glance, I was no longer surprised. And why? When you take this couple of EU countries as a, as a group, as an average, that is Finland, France, Germany, Italy, Spain and Sweden, they are them the difference to the, EU, uh, to the uh, US, uh, US is becoming smaller. And so, for my opinion, I think that your, your um, results fit to, uh, in this picture. So I would like to, to close to say that for my opinion, I think your, um, your results are fitting quite well. Thank you, Julia. Uh, Anna, maybe you want to bring uh, also your, the trade union perspective to the debate and uh, uh, do you have any comments on your Yeah, thank you. thank you. Thank you very much. No, thank you for the opportunity to comment on an excellent paper, actually. Um, I'm glad that Robert Sofia is not here today because we, I tend to profoundly disagree with what she tends to say at conferences. 
And that's why we need papers like this who have a quite clear focus. And what I found useful in your paper is that you provide from the onset a good literature overview of what's being done in other organizations by other uh, academic institutions, because there you can see why your paper complements those findings. And I think going also further away from your paper, and I come to that, it's important then to see what else needs to be looked at. What other complementary factors do we need to consider in order to then provide tailored solutions in policymaking to be able to really see what sectors, what industries, what types of tasks, what kind of employment patterns will really change from the deployment of industrial robots and beyond. So, um, to, therefore, your local labor market approach is very good. Um, also, from a trade union perspective, since you asked about that, we are glad that you look at the wage levels as well. Now you don't have a significant result there, which is, to a certain extent, reassuring. Then again, if you look at other factors affecting wages right now in Europe and beyond, there are other factors contributing to either growth or we rather observe a stagnate, wage stagnation, to be honest. So there are other factors to consider, and this is maybe why you only have a suggestive um, result there. Um, now, what I find a very useful result in your paper is the fact that you say that some of the professions of the occupations in the manufacturing sector are neutralizing each other out in the net effect. And I think that's an important finding because I would rather then go and really look at the different occupations when I then look at solutions, be it policy, be it in collective bargaining or whatever solutions there might be. So I think this is a very crucial result here to say on the sector level we might see a neutral, almost neutral net effect, but we see across occupations major, major difference that are clearly explicable at the same time. And I also appreciated that you look at offshore ability, that you look at demographics, and that you look at regions, as I've already said, because that gives us, again, a granular view on what could be done. Now, to complement what maybe is not as reflected in the paper, I feel like we can also look at lead, uh, leading economies when it comes to the deployment of industrial robotics, such as Japan and Korea to look at empirical evidence there and also look at the lessons that can be found in those systems, although they are very different from, in terms of labor market conditions and macroeconomic policy conditions from Europe, but still there are some lessons in it, in terms, especially in terms of organizational capital, how it changes, because I think that's a point that you don't have in your paper, the organizational view about the introduction of technologies, but this is an important one to consider as well. Now you mentioned yourself that there are new figures on the robot density from 2016. So I feel like uh, taking those figures now and look uh, at them more closely would be an important step forward. Also what we observe and what we see in our membership is that our industrial robots obviously, and that's not a criticism towards your paper, but obviously also affect other sectors. So for instance, we see that right now 750,000 of surgical interventions and were performed by robots. So that's a completely other sector, but this is an important one. So um, in a sense, going forward, uh, it's also important to move beyond, not move beyond manufacturing, but include a sector-wide perspective on that. But then I'm going to retract from that propo proposal a little bit, because when you look at robot use, 
Um, it is also important to actually look at industries, which is a bit different concept to me at least than sectors, in terms of that there you can see that the share of the introduction of robots is the highest in transport and electronic equipment. So you could also go that road in a complementary way to the sector approach and then have an even more detailed picture to a certain extent. And obviously also look at firm size because SMEs are lagging behind and that's an important, especially in manufacturing and are losing ground and are, in a, from our perspective, are a job creation engine. So it's important to look at that as well. Um, also look at the context maybe in terms of employment in manufacturing has been overall declining anyway for also for other reasons than automation. But at the same time, what I wanted to point out is there is also job creation potential. So many papers like yours, and you're mentioning it, but you're not having that many figures on it. But most of the papers you just mentioned, they look at displacement potential and automation potential. They rarely look at job creation potential. And that's for me a, a point where we should look forward and see where are the new jobs coming from. And in a sense, yes, technicians in manufacturing, certainly, that's, that's a takeaway for me then in terms of job creation potential. But moving beyond that, it's also useful to look at that. The impact of uh, different technologies, you've already mentioned that, that that's a next step that you would like to take. And here especially, I feel like you're using 2007 data. And when we look at the emergence of new digital ecosystems and the convergence between different digital technologies, but also with nanotechnologies, biotechnologies, etc., I strongly assume that the effect since 2007 of technological convergence is much greater and of digital ecosystems. And another measure that you're, I'm not sure you're having because you look at ICT impact, but, and that's more a question than I guess for the follow-up, are you, are you considering that as digital intensity in a sector? Because you can also, there are measures also by the OECD on digital intensity of a sector, and there, for instance, agriculture is at the bottom. Yet, of course, your findings on industrial robotics are that they are the mo one of the most sectors most affected. And investment and, and costs is something that we care about. And you mentioned that cost is a factor leading to the deployment of robotics. Um, now, investments are equally important because we want to know who invests, where, and why. And then we can see industry patterns better, we can see competition patterns better as well, and by doing, by doing so, we can also then look at the labor market and job effects. Um, so, since you've also asked me, and the last point are time scales, certainly, because uh, industrial robotics, I feel like, is a very, and that's why this paper is important, is something that is already there, and the time scale is more narrow, well, when you go to AI, and you mentioned that the impact of AI is 3,000 3, times higher than other technologies, there you have to be careful with the time scale. The PWC research recently had three waves of automation, where they're a little more careful about it. And also, from our perspective, it's also a choice. And when you're talking about AI, you also talk about big data, you talk about non-physical systems, etc. So it's much broader than industrial robotics and you can't really relate it to. No, you can relate it to each other, but from another point of view. So in terms of, uh, from a trade union perspective, and I'll be brief, in terms of the solutions that you suggest in your conclusions and 
um, pitting them against, let's say, the solutions proposed by the labor movement right as of now. Um, there are not necessarily contradictory. What we, what we always advocate for is a just transition approach coming from uh, the COP21 agreement on climate, because we think that this is a comparable issue, a comparable transition. A just transition framework, and you mentioned transition in your paper, involves for us funds, the setup of national funds to enable workers to move from one job to another, but for us to a job of a comparable or better quality in that sense. I have to always underline that. Um, the anticipation of occupational tasks and changes. So this is what you're doing. So this is, this is a good thing. And strong social protection systems, certainly social dialogue anyway, but that I don't, certainly don't need to say as a trade union representative. Now, um, as one of our solutions though, in terms of transitions, we see that sector councils work well. And that corresponds to the fact that you're looking at sectors, sector council overview changes. And there are existing uh, systems in precisely the European labor market. And that's why I'm not surprised that it works better than the US labor market, apart from the fact that the economies are different and numbers are different. There are certain mechanisms that precisely cushion the impacts of displacements. And these, and these, uh, these systems are important such you have the Swedish uh, employment security councils, for example, that help workers to find another job in the similar similar industry where you that are co-led by social partners that are under strong employment protection legislation and collective bargaining agreements and they work well. And you also see with employment protection legislation, even the OECD admits now that it is helping innovation, it does help the, the accumulation of tested knowledge at firm level. So it, it, it has a positive effect in a sense to have stable um, job conditions um, and they don't prevent um, innovation as such. And social dialogue collective agreements um, be very short. You, we can see now that uh, many of our members are moving ahead. There are agreements on data protection, which is a bit related. There are global agreements. There is now a global agreement on e-commerce. There are many agreements in the automotive sector on the introduction of ro robotics. There is now also the IG Metall agreement in Germany on reduced working time, which very much relates to the reduction in routine heavy tasks. And so what I wondered in your conclusion where you say, um, not in your conclusion, but one of the things you mentioned in your paper, there's, there's not any sig negative significant impact of robots on employment in Germany, for example. I was then very, gen <laughs> the generalist that I am, I was very generic and then saying, but why is that? Maybe because there, is a, uh, there are social partners steering the technological deployment. Maybe that's one part of the reasons, but also active labor market policies, a strong social protection system that is inclusive and so on and so forth. So um, let me end here because I've been very long, but just to say that um, when we then proceed forward and look at job creation, from our perspective, is an, is it, it is then important to see what kind of jobs are being created, created what is the quality of them especially when it comes to the uh, increased service content in manufacturing, the increased uh, jobs in the service sector, when you have 45,000 robots in working for Amazon, this is great number, but when you look at the working conditions in their warehouses, uh, those are less impressive. So let me 
step here, but for us, the main issue is then job quality and transitions to new jobs. Okay, thank you very much, Anna, for this very detailed uh, analysis of the obvious results and uh, also for already discussing some potentially uh, responses to, uh, you know, to how to ensure a, a sustainable transitions of uh, occupations, of uh, job uh, and tasks. So, Lucas, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, it would be great if you also, I mean, given your role in the European Commission, you, you also mentioned, uh, you start mentioning how, which, yeah, which responses in education policy and training uh, the European Commission is uh, aiming to, to give. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Actually, uh, first I would like to welcome your paper because it's uh, really something we were uh, waiting for. Uh, I mean, the... Uh, translation, if I may say, or application of, of the methodology of a GEMOVLU here in European countries uh, with uh, our specificities, uh, which are different from the US ones. Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, so it is really very welcome. Second, your uh, paper is very uh, topical as you, on a very structural issue, actually, on a very important structural issue. Very topical. Why? We, I mean, everybody's uh, uh, working on that now. Uh, there are a number of conferences uh, forthcoming. Uh, the uh, ILO is preparing uh, a conference next year. The OECD also later this year, I think. The Austrian presidency also soon. We are preparing our uh, new employment and social development report uh, uh, in, uh, uh, for uh, July. So uh, we are actively working on that. And so we are very happy to have your results and to check uh, against our own uh, work with, which is underway. Uh, so that's very good. I can tell you that we are also working on these two effects, displacement effect, productivity effect. Uh, we were, uh, we analyzed that in uh, two years ago in the Employment and Social Development Report uh, of 2016. And broadly, we found a positive although weak effect uh, correlation between ICT investment and uh, share, uh, uh, share and productivity. Uh, and we found also a positive, although weak correlation between invest, ICT investment and employment. So uh, this is in line with your findings. In this year's report, uh, we, are, we have a broader approach. We also uh, uh, have estimations of the effect of uh, introduction of robots with the most recent data. And there I would like to point to three of our findings. First, uh, on the uh, relation between capital and labor, we clearly see in most of the sectors uh, a continuous capital deepening. That's one thing. Second, uh, uh, a, um, a, the fact that labor can also replace labor, so uh, more uh, uh, better educated people uh, will uh, replace less educated people. Um, better training, better job matching, etc., plays a role there to replace other labor. Um, and then, and probably most important in this uh, uh, reasoning, is that capital can also be complementary to labor. And uh, this complementarity uh, between capital and skills means that better qualified workers. Uh, 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 the higher the probability of capital investment will create new jobs. And this comes to support what uh, Anna was uh, saying earlier on. 
Um, so I will not go into our uh, results. I come now to your uh, paper, uh, which uh, we find very, uh, uh, very good, very uh, robust methodology. Uh, the estimated equations are derived from a um, solid uh, theoretical um, uh, model. Uh, the hypotheses are very uh, clearly explained and the identification strategy is very convincing. So all that's uh, very good. Uh, uh, now, if we come to the Achemoglu methodology, we can see that uh, uh, they are uh, working, they have good local estimates, but based on another concept. They are based on the concept of commuting zones. So in your paper, you have, uh, you have used local data, regions, regional data, which I think it's, 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 a, uh, it's a plus, it's a strength, uh, impact first in general, because we, we can have a broader view of what's going on, uh, but also it's a plus in, uh, to the extent that uh, we have no problem to relate to national data, so it's much broader. So uh, I think this is a definite strength of your uh, paper. Um, uh, then, uh, I had another comment on the national effects, which um, seem to be relatively uh, small compared to other benchmarks. Um, and um, I have a reference of to the paper of Michel and Bivens, where uh, they saw that job losses from the China uh, effect, the China trade so source, shock, uh, offshoring, etc., is roughly four times as large as the estimated job losses from <coughs> robot adoption in the U.S. So I was wondering uh, if you would reach similar conclusions if you uh, use your control variables, notably uh, routinization, offshoring, uh, exposure to China, etc. That would be very interesting uh, in the perspective of what I was saying before, the relation of the, of the um, uh, results with uh, uh, Atsemoglu. Um, then uh, I had another question, to which extent the, your sector results are consistent with observed trends in employment, the observed ones? Because in particular in the manufacturing sector, your results are a bit uh, counterintuitive. We would expect, we had expected that uh, uh, displacement effect would be uh, uh, stronger there. And we know that we have other studies like uh, Douth and uh, Ali and like Metra and Martek, uh, which uh, study the German automotive sector. And uh, there they have a net effect <coughs> of uh, 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 37,000 workers, although uh, 20 to 30 percent of employees in 2011 are estimated to be dependent on, directly on robots. So there is something that we can, uh, we should uh, think about, um, because there are jobs that probably would not exist without robots. So this is related to the job creation, actually, effect. Um, then, uh, if I stay to this same study, uh, Daud and Ali of uh, last year, uh, you make an assumption that distribution of robots within the industry uh, is proportional to the regional employment in the industry. Okay, that's a bit uh, uh, strong assumption. Of course, I understand that it's difficult for you to have uh, uh, 
another assumption because this is very uh, direct and, and practical. However, um, we could uh, envisage other possibilities like uh, check robustness of your uh, estimations with a number of technicians, for example, by sector. That uh, you, you say in your paper that technicians are a possible explanation for uh, the manufacturing sector. Uh, so maybe there you could uh, control for this uh, factor. Right, and last but not least is the fact that something that was already mentioned by Julia and, and Anna, uh, the data. Obviously your data are from 95 to 2007. Uh, well, we know that things go very quickly in this field. We know that uh, uh, um, you also show it that uh, robots are becoming more uh, uh, widespread and more intelligent uh, and cheaper. And we know that more and more sectors are uh, increasingly uh, applying robots in their production or in the, in the consumption, etc. So, um, uh, so we, I mean, we wonder to which extent these findings can predict the future. But I mean, this is a constant fight, I know. Uh, still, I had to make this uh, comment. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, uh, Lucas. So maybe, Gergius, do you want to uh, reply to, the, to these comments? Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks a lot. For, they were all very, very helpful and uh, very uh, to the point uh, comments. Uh, uh, either um, on um, uh, potential explanations of the differences between EU and US, or by bringing some uh, policy perspectives that uh, could be more related uh, with these findings, or uh, by some um, assumptions uh, and modeling choices uh, that uh, were followed in this paper. So I'm very thankful for that, and uh, for sure it could be very useful. Um, I will start uh, with uh, the point that uh, you all mentioned, uh, that uh, the, uh, this um, study so far stops at 2007. And the difficulty you had uh, there uh, was that um, the industry classification changes uh, before and after 2007. So uh, at the same time, the AR study that focuses on US stopped also at 2007. So what we considered as a first step was uh, to focus on this period and see whether uh, what we observe in Europe uh, and uh, whether there are some changes uh, from the uh, uh, the output, uh, the research output uh, that refers to U.S. and uh, using that uh, as a motivating uh, factor for both uh, further uh, empirical analysis, but also for policy analysis, following the principle first to derive some results and then we think about them. Um, so uh, that was the difficulty, uh, the technical difficulty to move further. And uh, for sure, it's something that we are investigating, and uh, we wish to move uh, towards uh, more recent years, as I mentioned, in order to see how also this impact uh, uh, will change by considering uh, more recent data and uh, uh, developments. Uh, now, uh, on uh, going back to Julia and uh, starting from her surprise, um, which uh, in the end was not so big surprise, and I'm glad for that. Uh, I think that um, you. I think I'm very thankful for the insights you brought on um, uh, the 
particular differences uh, between US and EU, uh, that they are macroeconomic differences that go beyond labor market policies, welfare systems. That was uh, basically uh, one way that uh, we, we are exploring on potentially explaining the different results. And I believe indeed that uh, makes sense uh, that uh, to uh, use also some macroeconomic uh, variables and trends uh, to see whether the uh, results are different. Um, different, and um, as you mentioned, we are talking about six particular countries in the EU, not all the EU, and that changes a little bit uh, the story. Um, so I think uh, on the point of extending the data for Asian markets that Anna mentioned, like Japan and Korea, um, indeed uh, the problem is uh, finding data on employment. We have data on robots on that. And uh, find data on employment in the local level in order to be able to uh, find uh, this, um, to expand this approach uh, to other economies. Uh, there are some uh, uh, studies uh, like the Greitz and Michaels that uh, um, uh, focus on industry uh, country pairs, and they include more countries. And uh, if we go to industry level, we have that uh, there is some more uh, available data. But uh, the problem, uh, I mean, what we wanted was to exploit this regional approach that could be uh, insightful in terms of lo local markets. In terms of general trends, we see that uh, the robots uh, intensity uh, density in Japan is not so uh, much increasing as in China. This is what the trends uh, show. So that by itself is something that we would be also very interested uh, to explore, whether they reach a peak and then after that uh, the robot penetration uh, didn't go so fast. Uh, in Korea, to be honest, we didn't have any um, any uh, robots data that um, we analyze, and uh, I cannot comment further on that. Um, on the spillover effects of other sectors, I agree that it is something that um, uh, we could look um, uh, further and deeper, probably at the same time that we extend the data set to 2015. Um, the explanation uh, that we have so far for the sectoral results, uh, and that relates also to Lucas' uh, comments, is indeed uh, that uh, occupationally we find uh, uh, opposite impact, uh, significant impact in some categories. Um, and uh, we are, uh, I think it's something that uh, we should further investigate uh, and also investigate the trends as we move forward, uh, what happens. An obvious challenge, uh, the crisis that uh, affected all these economies. Uh, Julia mentioned also some smaller uh, scale uh, crisis uh, like uh, in Germany uh, or the boost in Spain. Um, this is something also that we should control, but extending the data will also allow us to run some um, uh, probably time effects between different uh, time periods within the sample. By going to 2015, for example, we could have uh, split the sample to two, three periods and have also time effects there, so it's something that we are investigating. Um, on um, organizational effects uh, that uh, Anna mentioned, I think it's uh, something very interesting to look. Uh, so far, we didn't find the angle and the relevant data to do that. So any comments on data sources uh, will be very uh, appreciated. Um, and uh, I think uh, probably, uh, yes, for the sector and controlling for uh, uh, digital intensity, we use the ICT as uh, a control so far. 
However, indeed, we could, as a robust check, move to that direction and uh, consider some other measures that they are available there um, uh, on a sectoral level, not local, right? Um, <coughs> unfortunately, you don't have more information on demand and supply to go to who invests, what are the firms they, they invest, how big they are, how small they are, how SMEs are affected. At the current state, in the, with this type of data, we don't have the information to do that. Um, and, um, uh, but uh, we consider the avenue that of ICT as a first way to dig deeper and see whether we can find particular indices uh, for big data, uh, for other machine learning, for other technologies, in order to be able to capture more specific automated, uh, uh, the impact of other automated technologies. Um, let me see. I think, uh, Lucas, I, I take uh, your comments and uh, let me just respond uh, on, uh, on two of the points you mentioned. The one is um, uh, for the German study, which uh, does not find any uh, significant impact overall, but finds a significant negative impact on the manufacturing sector and positive significant impact on the other sectors. We were also surprised by this result. And uh, we try uh, many different uh, specifications, many different regressions in order to see uh, why this uh, is um, the case. Um, controlling for ICT in the regression, we see that the, these skills any significant negative impact in manufacturing. And I know that the German study also controlled for ICT, it's one of the variables, but uh, in our case, it's something that um, we found, so, uh, and we try to uh, explore by looking at the different occupations, and um, finding this uh, positive impact on technicians probably is the way. Um, clearly, uh, this, we don't find the spillover effect that uh, this study finds, so no significant impact on other sectors. So um, clearly, the fact that the manufacturing does, does not have such a, a big negative impact is um, uh, a, a best candidate for explaining the smaller result we have in comparison to U.S. Um, on the assumption of the local distribution, it's um, a technical assumption indeed in order to be able to bring the robots data in the local level. Uh, it was basically uh, introduced um, as a first way uh, to and inherited by the HMO uh, and Restrepo study in order to be close in comparison of results. But uh, I welcome your comments for further robust uh, checks on that. Okay, thank you, Georgios. Uh, um, let me just ask before I open the floor, uh, I, I see that your analysis uh, um, also uh, looks at, at the gender dimension, and uh, your funding points out to a more negative effects on male, uh, males rather than females. Uh, I remember that uh, the, one, uh, the World Economic Forum uh, results actually point out to an, uh, to an opposite results uh, showing that uh, uh, women will be more uh, negatively affected for, uh, from the, an automation increase. So uh, do you have, maybe Julia, being a gender expert as well, or any of the other panelists, uh, have an opinion on, uh, on, uh, on the gender dimension in this discussion? Um, last year we finished um, a study for the Austrian Ministry of Economic, uh, where we looked at gender dimensions as well. And what we see is that you have, uh, if you divide uh, total employment into tasks, 
you can see that there are, you have general differences between routine, non-routine tasks, manual and non-manual tasks. So, if you are on the opinion that above all routine tasks will decline, routine tasks are often um, 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 tasks of women. So it's that's that's for me that's the challenge. But in the case of the manufacturing sector, we, we also did a. Um, an analysis last year, what we see is, or what we found is that um, in, in the time span mid-1990s until 2016, we saw for the manufacturing sector that the only task which was increasing was the high-skilled tasks. So we, we saw that manual uh, tasks as well as manual routine, manual non-routine tasks were all, these tasks were declining in the manufacturing sector. The only um, the only task that, uh, that was increasing was this interactive non-routine, that's high-skill tasks. At the other hand, you, uh, for the service sector, we found that all kinds of tasks were increasing. Um, the lowest increase has manual routine tasks. But there was an increase in that case, but it was smaller than, in, uh, uh, than the decrease in the, in the manufacturing sector, and, in, and overall we had a decrease. But what we see is that Within the service sector, um, tasks were increasing. And for me, another point is uh, in this discussion about uh, uh, employment gains, industrial-related uh, industrial employment is focused in the service sector. It's not part of the manufacturing sector. So it's, that's, for me, that's, that's, that's crucial if you look at employment gains. On the one hand side, you have the, the, the manufacturing sector, and on the other, the service sector. And within the service sector, it's also included the industrial services, and in the, in the case of Austria, industrial services were growing in the last two years, I think it's since the last two years, quite strongly. So we had, on the one hand side, we had an increase in the manufacturing sector, as well as in, in such uh, industrial uh, services. So back to the first uh, question, yes, there are uh, general differences in the task approach and in task structure of, of employment. Thank you. Yeah, please, Luke. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, uh, we have not fully analyzed this. In fact, we have a, a part on uh, gender uh, dimension. Uh, but, and I would like to confirm that while in all other areas we don't find much except that uh, women are better educated and increasingly better educated, but when it comes to uh, the effect of uh, IC technology on uh, employment, the only thing we find is exactly that, that as women are more represented in the more routine tasks, then there is a bias there. That's a clear bias. So I can only confirm that uh, from our data. Thank you. So uh, let me open the floor for questions. I see one over there. Maybe I collect uh, two or three. I see also some here. Please uh, uh, introduce yourself and try to be concise. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Good morning, citizens. My name is Angelos Karlaftis, EPACOS Advisors. We represent here the ECOWAVES movement, a pan-European and Mediterranean movement which is based in direct democracy in science and in ecology. We are occupied uh, a lot of years with the robotics and the artificial intelligence. Uh, Yorgos' uh, 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 studies is, is very good because we don't have a lot of studies. It uh, doesn't matter the statistics. 
these are the data are very difficult, but I'll, I will begin with, a, with, a, with a, a word of Aristotle when he was accused that he was an oligarchy and he was uh, uh, with the slavery um, uh, perspective of the demo Athenian democracy. He responded them that we, we will, uh, when the, the architect is going, the architect is going to, um, to speak to the automaton to execute, uh, the acts he needs, then it will stop any, every, any kind of slavery. So from this time, we had uh, the, the robotics, which the robotics are very important, and we have a change of the society. This is the important thing. It's not a, th a theme of unemployment or whatever, as you are seeing from, from the current system. This system has finished. We have to change. The, the question is, are we as Europeans are ready to lead as our movement proposes, or this is going to be done by the Far East because the Americans they, are, they, they have uh, the technology which is based from ours and uh, this is the mistake we are doing and we have to, to refocus for example you are leaving for USA after some months but uh, the, the same thing is done to all the technological uh, innovations we have here in Europe. Then they go to Boston, and all, uh, and all the, the, the robotics, they are there now, and in Canada. They leave Europe, and they go there. Okay. This is a mistake. We have to, to refocus to China and to Far East. I have a data, the last data from, North, from South sorry, Korea. Sorry, sorry. I'm finishing. Yeah. Yeah, are from 2007 when 10,000 teachers for English language or robots, they were made robots to teach the students because they didn't have enough teachers. Over there, they put the robots in the society already, and we don't have the data. Thank, thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, there was a question here, and there, yes, please. Microphone. Thank you. Uh, my name is Thomas I'm an economist uh, for Microsoft. Uh, first of all, thanks a lot for this great study. It's so satisfying to see an academic work on this field and it changed a bit uh, from what we can see. Uh, uh, my question, uh, just one remark, uh, talking about the ICT effect uh, and how to measure the impact of AI, there is uh, uh, some data on Eurostat uh, that measure the penetration of cloud computing and big data. It's only for 2016, but that could be a great use to have a proxy. And um, my question would be, uh, would it be possible with your data set to actually uh, adopt another perspective, uh, drawing on, on Lucas' comments, uh, that uh, low-wage countries like China uh, would be actually um, um, competing with industries in Europe. Um, maybe we can also measure the mitigation effect that robots could have, uh, helping uh, European companies to stay competitive and thus staying on the market, then actually saving jobs uh, by this competitiveness effect, and we'll be able to compete, so stay on the market. Thank you. Uh, hello, uh, Oleg Mazbrazis from uh, FIPRA International. Uh, thank you, Georgios, uh, for the presentation and to the other speakers. And I do agree with uh, Lucas that indeed uh, it's a very timely debate. I have two questions to Georgios. Uh, first is um, why did you choose to focus on such uh, on industrial robots with a rather narrow definition and exclude other forms of automation such as simple vending machines or, or, or um, supermarket cashiers? or even uh, artificial intelligence and algorithms. And another question would be, uh, the data that we have is, is until 2007, if I'm correct. So this is uh, a decade old. And in that time, the, the robots got uh, both much cheaper and much more efficient. 
So I would presume that you would be um, qualified to, to at least uh, uh, discuss how, what would be the current impact on, on the more recent uh, data, even if, if you don't have a study on that. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Maybe we start replying to this one. Georgios, um, maybe yeah. you want to start? So I think the first uh, was more uh, like a comment uh, than a question. Uh, I think that um, the, the concern about machines uh, uh, and their impact uh, is not new. It comes uh, from many, many years ago, and uh, Aristotle quote uh, confirms that. Um, I think that uh, it is. Uh, inter we should, as Europe, uh, move forward by um, making the necessary changes. The problem is that we are still in the process of uh, understanding the impact of new technologies in order to understand what these changes should be. And of course, um, um, it will be uh, for individuals, uh, they should pursue opportunities when they are given the opportunity uh, to get uh, new experiences uh, in other places. Um, on the um, uh, second question, uh, thanks for the remark about the data. Um, we'll uh, check it. Um, I think that, um, uh, indeed, I mean, what we see in the data is that, indeed, uh, we follow the Bloom, uh, Draca, and Varinen uh, methodology to introduce the Chinese uh, exposure to Chinese export, uh, import, sorry. And uh, indeed, we see that uh, from the major economies around the world, it's the one that uh, is likely to have the greatest impact uh, for Europe. Uh, so I think, uh, and this is also uh, a response to Lucas' comments, uh, is that um, uh, indeed uh, going to that direction uh, would be um, something interesting to do. Uh, what uh, we need uh, to be careful is how we will uh, uh, transform this in a specification uh, that could be meaningful in the regional level in this approach. Um, however, um, the, the, the impact of Chinese imports uh, has been, is there. It's considered, I used it in another project for uh, to instrument competition, uh, and um, and uh, I think that um, uh, in this way we could also explore this uh, low income, high income count, uh, country, but also a country with diff different digital policies, initiatives, uh, which also it's uh, there is not no the low income, high income uh, issue there, but it is also the perspective of targeting to particular digital. Uh, uh, digital domain and try to invest that. As uh, the evidence show, uh, China in their exposure to robots is increasing to large extent. It's uh, the highest uh, growth uh, rate uh, uh, that we have in any economy so far. So uh, it's something that I don't have any answer right now, but uh, I welcome this comment and uh, I plan to work on that. Uh, why industrial robots? Uh, industrial robots, um, uh, I think it's... Um, the first uh, point I have to mention is uh, it's uh, an automated technology in the way it is defined, for which we have a lot of data. And we have data uh, from uh, uh, early 90s, where, um, let's say, it is the beginning of automation, if uh, with the exception of Japan, probably, uh, until uh, now. 
so what we found is that it is very convenient to use uh, this particular uh, uh, data set because it is very well, uh, we have a lot of information in comparison to data on other machines. I'm not going to ICT Capital because ICT Capital can mean also other things. So we need to dig into that to see what part is the automation. Uh, but um, uh, what we saw is uh, that we have uh, an example of automated technology which uh, can uh, estimate a particular impact on employment. We can do that in the local level. Uh, so um, since we had uh, this well-established well data set, already used studies, we were motivated to go to that direction. But I agree uh, that uh, it will be really interesting and important to extend um, uh, this study to other automated technologies and to see what uh, their impact will be. Uh, so it's something work in progress, let's say. Uh, and we are trying to investigate other well-defined automated technologies that uh, could move to this direction. Uh, impact after 2007. Um, what we see uh, is uh, a constant uh, increase uh, without uh, so many crisis uh, uh, effect on the adoption of robots. The first graph I saw showed that uh, basically the European and the US approach is all very linear. So that is an interesting thing because that means even if we control for the crisis, the robotization of European industry increased. Um, I would say that um, that could bring uh, the productivity versus displacement effect into a new perspective. Uh, and uh, But uh, it is... Uh, it is something that also related to the development of other technologies, of course. We have collaborative economy platforms that offer new forms of um, uh, occupations, even if uh, the terminology occupation for some people is problematic. Uh, so, um, indeed, uh, we would, uh, I think, um, we are in the process of starting uh, being more enterprising of how to use technologies uh, for... Um, uh, some, uh, supplement, uh, to supplement our income or for new forms of employment. Uh, so I think that uh, that put the displacement productivity effect in a new perspective and probably will, um, uh, it will be an interesting uh, to see to what uh, direction the total impact will go. Uh, let me also mention here, uh, going back to the job creation, that another empirically uh, challenging exercise will be to isolate the productivity from the displacement effect and to see what is the magnitude of it. That will be probably a way to answer the job creation element you refer to. Uh, we didn't find uh, so far a way to do that. We'll be thinking on that. Okay, thanks. Uh, do you want to comment or uh, otherwise I give the floor? Yeah? Yes, please. I don't want to comment, but. Uh, I may wish to say a few words about yeah. policies going ahead. Yes, and, uh, that was my idea. Yeah. I don't know if uh, it's the right time or... It is, because <laughs> we, all, uh, we are all curious to know how to tackle yeah. robots. Uh, and I will we'll try to be short because I know that time is uh, running. But I go back to my initial thought about what's the uh, role of capital, capital deepening, not capital deepening, etc. What I, I said in the beginning, which is the background to all this discussion. There, if we consider that um, capital and labor are complementary, and if therefore we see that higher education, higher training, stronger training, uh, is good for uh, employment, so to create the, the, the positive effect that we were mentioning, the job creation effect, therefore, I mean, policies are uh, uh, 
straightforward, I think. Uh, and uh, policies like uh, invest in training and education, first. Second, uh, income support programs for those who are affected and in cooperation with social partners to uh, help this transition. Uh, third, lifetime loans for retraining. This is uh, also a strong uh, argument towards uh, constant retraining, let's say. And then last, supporting workers' adjustment in this changing world of work uh, uh, by investing in skills and maintaining and modernizing social protection systems. Uh, I say it very, very uh, broadly. Obviously, in the Commission, <clears throat> we, um, we have a number of initiatives on that. We have uh, uh, the digital agenda, as you know, uh, already, and a new one, a new communication on that with forthcoming. Also, the new skills agenda for Europe for upskilling and reskilling. I will not go into details. And obviously, the uh, pillar of social rights, which, uh, in which there are two main uh, principles. Uh, on uh, uh, access to uh, labor and on uh, equality. Okay, thanks. That's a very important point. Uh, and uh, I open again the floor, but maybe I also want to ask uh, the audience, uh, uh, since there are many companies representative here, if you want to also uh, state uh, uh, internal uh, uh, policies that uh, I see uh, representative from Siemens, Microsoft, Intel, Amazon uh, uh, present here today. So if you also have some uh, uh, lessons that you want to share, and uh, but if I also saw a question there in the meantime. Thank you, uh, Thomas Jorgensen, European University Association. On your point on, on entrepreneurship and, and new technologies and displacement, uh, what we see, but it's very anecdotal, what we see is that with particularly artificial intelligence, that startup model that is artificial intelligence plus something else, biotech, uh, electrical engineering, it could be anything. Uh, that the, the entry level of being an entrepreneur and starting your own company is lower and there's a much larger field. And, and what we hear from our members, and again, it's completely anecdotal, is we have more students that instead of going and get a job, want to create their own company, their own startup. And that might have an effect at, at some place, maybe very small on, on displacement, but I think it's, it's an interesting, it's worth an interesting point. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then you also want to intervene. Yes. Hello, Hilary from the Conference of Finnish Industries. First, thanks to all the speakers, very interesting points. It was a while ago that I read a couple of blog posts from some economists, unfortunately can't remember who they were or whether they were referring to the US or the EU labor market. But the, kind of the idea was that there's surprising little displacement when you look at the labor markets by automation. And based on not on in-depth studies, but some numbers or ideas, they, the argument was that indeed the technology is still too expensive, which means that there are sectors where it's cheap enough causing displacement on those sectors, but then you have spillover of labor to the other sectors, which of course when you have more labor supply, there's the same demand or maybe more demand, but then in effect it causes the wages to stagnate. And this sounds quite plausible, but I have a question to Kyrgyz, whether this, is there anything supporting the idea or talking against it, or would this be something that you could take up in the later studies? Thank you. Okay, uh, you, uh, 
since you ask a bit uh, the view of uh, companies like Microsoft and, and others, I can just uh, express the, the view that we, we have internally on, on the topic, uh, especially on AI, for example. Um, obviously, we also brand ourselves as an AI company, but the reality on the, on the ground is that there is actually very, very few companies able to leverage AI, right? Uh, there are digital native companies that are born with this ecosystem, with the in data infrastructure that allows them to do that. But for the big majority of companies, they have not yet achieved digital transformation. So with no data infrastructure, no knowledge, etc. The impact on the labor market, we might see it in, in the coming 20 years. But trying to measure that right now is it, frankly very difficult. I, I'm trying to do that, but uh, yeah, very, very few co companies actually implemented AI right now. Thank you. Uh, last question there, I think, because then we need more time to reply. Thank you very much. I'll try to be short as possible. Uh, first of all, thank you again for, for a very interesting event and public and uh, paper. My name is Tomasz Morozowski. I come from the Institute for Western Affairs in Poznan, in Poland. So I come with a bit of another perspective from a country with very one of the lowest uh, robot densities in, in the EU. But this is also the reason for, for my question. Uh, because um, we have very low uh, robot density and we are at the beginning of the, of the let's say, way to digitalization. Uh, but on the other hand, if I'm not mistaken, we also have one of fastest growing demands for, for robots uh, compared to other uh, EU states. So my question would be, if you see um, Central European countries and, and their, um, let's say, um, demand for robots and changes on their markets as uh, a possible effect for your study, um, maybe that's for discussion during lunch uh, because uh, I know it's a complicated topic, but, but just an idea, maybe this could be like, you know, a, a next... Um, ambitious uh, purpose for, for the whole EU economic policy of all the, all the members, member states, not only the ones uh, you chose for your study. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So maybe, Gerus, you want to start and then I, I will let the other panelists uh, conclude as well with a remark. Uh, yes. Um, first of all, on the comment uh, in that side, uh, I think, uh, yeah, indeed, uh, um, I take uh, your comment on entrepreneurship. Uh, I think uh, a colleague of mine uh, has a paper on uh, moving from startups uh, to scale-ups, and uh, there we see that um, uh, there may be an issue when uh, not uh, creating startups, but moving startups to scale-ups, and that is an open question, how can incentivize more scale-ups, because that will have also uh, implications for uh, employment. Um, there is... Um, uh, there is a study, uh, basically an ambitious study by Evans and Gower, uh, which uh, basically what they de do is they, uh, they go to each part of the world and they uh, take uh, notes uh, of the statistics on digital platforms, which platforms are active, uh, how much employment they, they give, and they find that uh, while um, Europe, uh, the number of platforms is not so great than in US or Asia, but uh, the employment is much lower uh, of people that working in these platforms than in other parts of the world. And that, as a statistic, is interesting uh, to uh, follow. Um, now, uh, talking about uh, cost, uh, demand uh, issues, um, again, uh, the data set that we have is we observe the introduction of the robots. So 
we cannot estimate uh, uh, how much uh, the demand is. Uh, however, uh, the trends are clear of uh, lowering um, uh, the price, increasing the quality, and uh, it is uh, not only, uh, of course, the cost should be compared also with the uh, production gains that we will have on the operation of robots. And clearly, so far, in manufacturing, that was the case. However, in the late years, we see that other uh, industries uh, catch up. Um, uh, there is um, a blog post that I have published which show that in the latest year, some other sectors have shown uh, a, a growth, uh, a tremendous growth in um, uh, introducing robots uh, in uh, their production chain. And that also applies uh, for uh, Central European countries and Eastern European countries. If we see the statistics, we see that um, uh, while uh, uh, the main countries of the sample for the time we uh, explore here uh, were the main participants of the markets, in the last two, three years, we have seen a, a very high increase on, on the number of robots uh, introduced uh, in uh, this uh, uh, member state. So the robotization of the economy um, had the first phase, which were the big main uh, uh, industrial players uh, that use te such technologies for the production, but we see the trend uh, uh, of the, uh, the other member states to follow with some delay and increase uh, the robotization of their industry. So that is indeed uh, something interesting, and it is uh, related both to the demand, but also to the fact that uh, robots now uh, are, uh, are affordable uh, given the productive gains that you can have uh, in order to introduce them. Okay, on uh, displacement, we don't see many layoffs because of industrial robots in general. When you look at data, there are no no mass layoffs yet. That's that's one certainty that is there. This might also be due to the fact that precisely we still have machine to human interactions at a plant. So as long as that's there, there is, as you mentioned, there is need for retraining, there is need for investments, etc., and reorganization. But this is where we are right now, and maybe this is why we don't see that much of an employment effect here. Having said that, and that brings me back to the point that I made earlier, is that if you look at industrial robotics, that's probably the case. If you look at other digital technologies and their net effect on employment, that will potentially uh, be, get, be higher and higher in a more negative sense in a few years to come, this is where we have to look at as well. But your paper is about industrial robotics, so that's different. Uh, on startups, we also observe that they are obviously have an increase in employment at first, normal, but then after five years, there are several studies pointing out that if they're precisely do not scale up, there is a drop or a stagnation in employment. So there are indifference to SMEs, they're not creating that many jobs. And the same goes for many other digital companies that don't have such a big employment footprint as such, uh, which are important for us, again, when you look at employment numbers and employment quality. Um, also on the points that I made and that you responded to in Japan and Korea, I didn't mean to include data on them in your study, but just use such information as well as the information that is there on investments, for instance, in IoT, which is a complementary technology to industrial robotics, uh, to use those, uh, these data in the analysis to understand the landscape a bit better, not, not in the framework as such, because that I understand is A, not possible, B, is not necessarily useful if you look at Europe as such. Um, and um, 
also to say that uh, on productivity, and I think that's what you were referring to, it has to be precisely also seen um, separately as a factor, and then we have to look also at the financialization of economies, what that has to do with productivity in or decreases, and then also what, why it leads to less investment in training, uh, stagnation in wages, and so on and so forth. And on policy solution, I think I've mentioned a um, couple of those earlier on, but just uh, to say that in our opinion, also when you introduce industrial robots, uh, in, in sectors. What we need are European standards on validation and simulation systems, or at least some sort of discussion about that, which then might help also to increase the quality of production and compete precisely with China. And I think you're referring to reshoring as a potential effect. Uh, we don't see that yet, but that might also be due to just lower labor costs, lower standards in certain countries that make them still more competitive in this in this realm. So this is something worth considering, how to ensure the quality of production through standards and validation systems and through investments precisely in infrastructure, green economy, other sectors that are on the rise that are promising job creation and therefore enabling then further along the line a transition to another job in another sector. Thank you. Lucas, a final remark if you want? Yeah, just a final remark to congratulate you for your excellent study. Uh, it's really very welcome, uh, in particular that it is uh, on our European countries, on our European cases and regions, etc. This is very good. Uh, and that we, looking ahead, we should focus on the uh, policy implications, as I said, uh, more investment, uh, more quality training, etc. Thank you. And speaking about policy response, I, re I remind you that uh, uh, we will have a second session at 1 o'clock where we will discuss the impact of artificial intelligence on the economy and challenges and policy responses. So for sure we will continue the discussion there. Uh, yes, I thank uh, all the speakers for joining us today and you as well. Uh, so a round of applause for the speakers. And uh, the lunch is... Thank you. The lunch is served outside. Uh, we come back here at 1 o'clock. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very good.